Hey everybody, it's Turtle. I wanted to give you a heads up on what's going on in this episode. We had a chance to sit down with James from Sinistro. We hit record and we just went. We went for a little over two and a half hours. So we wanted everybody to hear. We thought James gave some really great information, a lot of insight into the industry. And he's really doing some interesting things with his brand of cigars. So we decided to go ahead and break this up into two episodes. You're about to listen to part one of our one night with Sinestro. And then next week, we'll go ahead and release week two. So I hope you enjoy it. Hope you'll come back to listen. And thanks for supporting. This is a Big Girl production recorded on location at the Old Town Smoke Shop in Temecula, California. It's a show without any industry insiders, no cigar reps or manufacturers. It's just four friends, Warren, Gus, Corb, and AJ, as they discuss their journey through the world of cigars with a lot of laughs. So find a comfortable chair, grab a cigar, and welcome to our shop. These are the Cigar Smokers. Welcome back to the shop. I am your hostess with the mostest. I am your man, Turtle, your friendly neighborhood cigar smoker. We've got an exciting episode. This is season three, episode eight. You are listening to the Cigar Smokers, and we're coming to you semi-live from the Old Town Smoke Shop located at 28636 Suite 107, the beautiful city of Temecula, California. And let's get right to it, because we've got a big show going on tonight. Let me introduce who I'm here with. To my left. As always. Tabby. Tabby Falcon. As seen on the Cocaine Cowboys. The <laughs> Sultan of Smoke. The Purveyor of Bold. The Lord of Lijero. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. Our very own Just the Facts, Joe Friday. Say hello, Gus. How you doing, Warren? I'm doing well. I'm sitting in the presence of greatness tonight. We got uh, Mr. Big Time in. Well, we got two big times in here in one spot. All the way to my left, the man with more men than queen. I want to break free. He's not the, chuckling. The Emperor of Crown City Cigars. <laughs> Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith. The man featured in the reader, not once, but twice. Pick up your copy available on... Newsstands everywhere. Everywhere. My Cigar Sensei, the only man I need in my life, Corbett. Hi, Joe. <laughs> that was your nap today. No nap today. What? No, no nap what? today. He got void. Oh, v, v, v is going back to work. Oh, boy. So she had a list of things for me to do, and she was in no mood. Crayons and white. Yes. She, she was in no mood to be played with today. So I had a lot of stuff to do. No nap, so. Oh, yeah. Sitting across from us. We've arrived. <laughs> this, this, this show, our show has officially arrived. We're sitting... Across from and joined by the man that's making some phenomenal cigars, 
phenomenal cigars, and just the nicest guy possible. Because you know we don't have any jerks on the show. No. If he if he wasn't such a cool guy, we wouldn't bring him down here. Out of the DR, Mister Big Deal. Big Deal, James. <laughs> James, Sinistro Cigars. Thanks for joining us, James. Thanks for having me on, brother. No, it's a pleasure. We were excited when uh, Corb hooked you up and came on down. So I, I got to tell you, I'm enjoying smoking all your cigars. I'm glad you are. All I, I of them. I just want to add, because people can't see what's going on right now. After the introduction was done, uh, Corb was blushing. He, well, he was. He was, dude. You, you, the, the high, like, that was a real one. That, yeah, that was he, a, it wasn't a... I try to give him the warm fuzzy every yeah. once. A little reach around. Yeah, yeah. He, make him feel special. It's all over now. Yeah, it's all over. He's still a little red. He's still a little red. Yeah, yeah. next to you. Oh, okay. Oh. So tonight we're just gonna, we're gonna talk about you. I've done my research. I watched <laughs> I've watched some of your interviews. All right. So I have some follow up questions. Okay. All but, right. And we're gonna ask you some tough questions. Like we page thirty seven on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. That did come up in the I was Google. On page thirty seven too. Yes. 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 Why did I get that intro? I've been on Pornhub like five times. Like, he gets reader twice. I, I get no, no love on the Pornhub. When Hub. I'm on Pornhub, you are not what I'm searching. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> Armenian weenie. I'm actually uh, hurt. I'm actually hurt. There's people like you that never helped me with my porn career day. You know what I mean? I, I'm a fan of your cigars. <laughs> That's all I want to see from you. All right. But before we get to asking you a bunch of questions, oh, and we do want to ask, you got to keep it real with us. Like you said, yeah, we, yeah. we only got... Three listeners. <laughs> so this will be the bootleg tape that nobody will ever hear. Yeah. So when we ask you a question, don't give us the politically correct stuff. And, and look, the, the, the three best friends of these guys that are actually listening, I asked them to tell me your name so I could talk to you directly, but yeah. they won't do it. So, you know, I'll tell you. they won't tell well, it's, me. So. It's Gus's wife. Yeah. <laughs> it's Turtle's wife and his two kids. <laughs> <laughs> and I have nothing. <laughs> you got your future ex-wife. And the future ex-wife. Wait, wait. The truck's on the... You don't have it playing in the truck right now? Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. The truck's listening. The truck is listening. So, tonight we are all smoking... What are we smoking, James? You tell us. It's the Mr. White Gold Edition. Uh, it's a blend that I did. Uh, it's a follow-up on the Mr. White. Uh, I was told that it, uh, we were at 7% on Duyo on the Mr. White, and uh, the factory was like, yeah, yeah, there's no way... A uh, cigar can have anything more than 10% and this, that. So we were, I think, at 7 or 8% on the, on the Mr. White. And, you know, every time someone tells me I can't do something, I, I kind of want to go try it at least. Right. So I sat down and I kept, I, I knew the Mr. White blend, the, the core blend of it, could handle uh, tweaking to it and get up to 30% on Duyo. So I, I kept, uh, it still has a double binder. We added a Connecticut Broadleaf wrapper to it uh, to add some flavor. Uh, because the, the, the on the white, it's a 10-year-old HBA, so I didn't want the Anduyo to just take over on the flavor profile and leave nothing for the wrapper or the binder. Um, and then uh, I, I messed around with the filler a little bit to get it to where I want it to be, and uh, we added 30% Anduyo on that blend. Now, I don't know. What is Anduyo? Oh, oh sorry. Uh, so Anduyo is uh, the oldest form of curing tobacco. Uh, it's mostly done with pipe tobacco. There's a lot of it. In the pipe market. Uh, the reason why I never took off in cigars is because um, they can never get long filler out of it. So for pipe tobacco, it works because you don't need really long filler for pipe tobacco. For cigars, you need, you know, for even uh, a few percent of something, you need something long to be consistent throughout the whole uh, cigar. So we, so along 
maybe back seven, eight years ago when I was working on the blends for Sinistro before we were, out, we, when we came out with them and stuff, uh, I think it was like my fourth or fifth trip. I was at one of the farms and so on the farms, they, they're, they're very, uh, they don't have a lot of money, right? So the people working on the farms don't actually ever get to smoke the cigars. Uh, what they do is they get, they collect all the, the tobacco, green, not brown, <clears throat> and they roll it in uh, banana leaves and they tighten it up and there's like a very nice intricate rope design on it and they dump it in water and they pull it out, tighten it up, pull it out, tighten it up. And it's kind of, uh, it's a method they go for about two to three months and then the, the tobacco becomes rock hard. Uh, and then we found a way we get longer cuts uh, because of the length of the tobacco we use and uh, we get full full long filler off of it so we started working with it uh, we did a different method where we used the uh, it's called perique where we used the the you know whatever they used to the clamps that they used to tighten up the molds okay before yes. they pull them out so we tried doing it with that but the problem with that was it was getting too musty uh the water it was getting too stagnant on the bottom so the 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 original method that was used for hundreds of years actually worked out better uh, so we use that method still um, but it's a very sweet, very strong uh, aromatic tobacco. Uh, it's naturally sweet. It's not flavored. There's no flavoring to it. Um, but it's it's a very good tobacco, and a lot of people, uh, you know, it, it's only a few factories that actually are doing it where they could get long filler out of it. And this will be released when? Uh, we did a pre-release last year, and this September we have a, a the product coming in to do the full launch. Uh, we changed up the bands and we did the full dress boxes now, so. Um, we try to do that every year. We'll pre-release what we're going to like this year. We pre-release the last Barbarian and then the last Barbarian will be in full release next year. It's kind of a way to test the waters that okay. for us to see how we're doing because a lot of the stuff is, uh, you know, um, I, I use a lot of stuff that's different. Like, I, I, you know, like an Anduyo. I was the first one to use that in a cigar. Uh, um, and it just, you know, I in the Honor Among Thieves, uh, I, I have five Lajeros inside, uh, you know, and that, that's another thing the factory told me that's not possible to do. But, you know, the first time we rolled it, it didn't come out good, it didn't combust right. But at some point, you know, we, we layered 10% Nicaraguan Seco in between every uh, uh, leaf, like not 10%, sorry, 10% throughout the cigar, but between every leaf, we put a little bit of Nicaraguan Seco so it'll combust good. And then we have the Honor Among Thieves now. It's like second or third best selling cigar. Can I ask a question? Sure, because he just hit me with a lot. I'm like, uh, I'm, like I'm like the first day of school. Uh. I see Warren's face. Okay, just for our, like that, the listeners know. Yeah. How long have you been in the business of, for with cigars? As when when did you start? Uh, I had. So I got into business when I was like 18 or 19. I'm 38 now. I still look like I'm 18 or 19, but uh, I'm 38. So I've been in the business for like 20, 19, 20 years. Okay. So did you just start automatically with the, the process of growing? Or well, were you I, I watched your interview with Cigar Daily. Okay. And you used to do retail. Yes. In L.A., right? Yeah, I, I, my first retail store was in L.A., and then I opened the second retail store in San Jose. So how do you go from retail, retail to... to Growing. So, and, and you told me I can't BS on the show, so I'm just going to be straight up. I, I was a retailer. I was really pissed off at the big companies. Uh, it was very hard to do business as a retailer uh, because uh, the big companies were selling direct to consumer constantly. Uh, and also, you know, they, so 
what 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 was happening. This was about ten years ago. Uh, uh, it happened like it started happening about ten years ago. So big companies, like uh, I, like I don't want like I'm friends with all these people. Right, so right. I don't want to throw anyone yeah. under the bus or anything. But we got three big, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's three companies. Uh, like the big companies would go buy a website that's been doing really well, you know. So right. they spend a good amount of money to buy the website, and then they would. It, so they wouldn't be them selling the cigars as the company, but it was that website that, that was, was there owned by somebody right. else. You know what I mean? And only like only if you're in the industry do you know like because it's not world news, right? Like okay, this website sold, so you only really know what's going on if you're in the industry. And obviously, being a retailer, you're in the industry and you see what's going on. So. You know, I was sending out all these big checks to all these big companies constantly and uh, just to get consumers coming into my shop and saying, oh, I could find that online, blah, 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 blah. you know. So um, I, 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 fig- I, for me, that's not a good way of business. So what, what I was like, I'm going to start my own brand. Uh, I'm going to go out there and learn everything from top to bottom. No matter what you know or you think you know, you really don't know anything until you get out there and you start really working. You know, this is... This is all like 10 years of experience. Of, like, I started going to the Dominican in 2012. Okay. You know, and I, I went in there thinking I knew everything, but <clears throat> not knowing I, did, I, I probably knew 10% of the, the business. Um, so when the, the, the bigger websites were doing this to me, I was like, I'm going to start my own cigar company. Not to me, but to literally everybody, every uh, retailer in the industry. I said, I'm going to start my own business and see if I could do it without selling online direct to consumer okay. and uh, see how, you know, if, if, if I think if I could support the retailers, the, the retailers could, would support me. So that was the idea I had in my mind. So, you know, that's when 2012 I went down there and started uh, working on some blends, trying different stuff. I've picked tobacco. I've done everything. Like, I, I, they, they, it was funny because they looked at me like, you? Like you're gonna go on the farm. Actually, you learned the business from the workers. Concept. Yeah, yeah. So you learned everything about the the leaf, yeah. when to pick, how to how dry, to pick, how, yeah. how to hang it, how to do everything, and then did you try your hand at rolling cigars? Yeah, too? I'm horrible at it. Uh, I, I, no, sorry, I'm really good at it, but it takes me seven minutes to get it done. So, like, no you couldn't handle your own production, yeah. right? Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Well, your comes out Jay, yeah, James yeah. did 30 cigars out. today. It, it comes out good, but it, it just it, takes it, seven it, minutes. No one's going to hire right. me to roll cigars what, for that. What's the average time for somebody to roll a Robusto? 30 seconds. 45 seconds, yeah. It's, so yeah, it's, seven minutes is not a good concept. No, no, yeah, you'd be fired day one. They'd be like, we're gonna give this gringo like another week to figure out if he can get faster. If not, he's gone. So you just hop on a plane to the DR and show up somewhere and say, "Well, I, I was working in the, I was a retailer, right?" right? So I, I touched out to all the uh, factories in the Dominican Republic. I touched base with all the factories in Nicaragua. Um, I, I was doing fairly well as a retailer, so I was one of the. Uh, bigger accounts for these guys so right. when I went in uh, they already knew I was coming they already knew I wanted to work on my own blend so I visited like every factory uh, and you know uh, I, I'm a cigar geek the the guys that you know in my head that I wanted to, when I walked in there that I wanted to work with um, like back then uh, um, again I, like I don't want to throw names out there oh, but yeah. the, the, the guys that I wanted to work with well this isn't that bad so the guys I, I was in my vision in my head that I was going to work with was going to be people like uh, 
like I wanted to go to my father and do blend with them. I wanted to go to Drew State and do blend with them. Liga had just, uh, like we had, Liga had been out for a while and, you know, they were the up and coming company. But then I started looking at, uh, like, who am I to these guys? Like, right. at the end of the day, like, why would they have any interest in, like, making sure I'm at the top of production or why would they give me grade A? Uh, like if, if like back then Connecticut Broadleaf was very hard to get and still is now but <clears throat> why would these guys give me Connecticut Broadleaf when they need it for their own production right. and then uh, uh, I, I touched I, I, I did really well with La Aurora uh, so I went in to La Aurora and um, at first it wasn't the the, the, <clears throat> the best experience uh, the master blender I guess was busy in a meeting or something so they sat me down with someone else and um, he had no clue what was going on, so I, like, I just got up and, like, walked out, and I looked at my rep. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's time to go home. So, <laughs> like, you know, it's time to leave. Uh, and then they – so my rep went inside, talked to the owner, uh, and was like, dude, like, this guy's very – like, if he leaves, he might not order order once in a again from us. And he's one of our biggest accounts in California. Can you just, you know, whatever is going on with the master blender, can you get him out and sit with this guy? So – he finally came out like two minutes later and we sat down and uh, now he he's actually um, one of my biggest teachers uh, that was for the tobacco side. Right. <clears throat> On the retail side, I had really good teachers, but it was more uh, business oriented, not tobacco oriented. You know, like, okay, look, you get a better deal from this guy. So... Do the math. They, on this, you're saving 20%, so go deeper on this and push this guy's product because you're saving 20% here and you could sell it for, you know, 100% markup, so it makes more sense on this guy because you're making 60%. Right. Just little things like that. Like I had <clears throat> I had help with here. Um, <clears throat> one of the, uh, the guy's names is Saeed. He used to be the Ashton rep, and he has, like, five, six stores now. So he was, like, uh, you know, one of my business side mentors. And then, well, and now, you know, I, I have some tobacco mentors too that and the master blender uh, Manuel and Noah is one of my mentors from the Dominican Republic how, how tough was the process learning how to blend because I always find that curious I I was joking a while ago that's that's my dream after I retire yeah I just want to go down and blend cigars and make cigars like you could pick it up tomorrow like you know I got, it's Tuesday by Friday I'm up and running it's see the, the, the problem <clears throat> and, and I faced the same problem too when I got down there the, the problem with, um, and, and, and I look up to, to Roma a lot for this, but they went and they opened up their own factory in the Dominican and they got a, re I mean, in Nicaragua, and they got an amazing master blender. Uh, Isla, he's phenomenal. I think he's, he's a very good master blender. Um, but it, you can't just go down there for like a week and right. think you're going to make a blend of cigar, right? So my, my, like, so one of my plans right now at Sinistro's in the works for is opening up our own factory. Um, we're planning on keeping all of our lines the way they are at the respective factories they're at, uh, but we're planning on opening a factory so it's more based on, like, we're not going for the uh, manufacturers. Like, I, I, you know, I'm not looking for the generals coming up to me and saying, like, I want 300,000 cigars by September, like, by in three months. You know, right. like, um, what I'm going to be more based for is helping boutiques <clears throat> and helping people like you that want to come out there um, get the whole experience down and it's a lot harder when you do have production dates and huge production goals to meet like 300,000 cigars uh, so what I'm looking forward like what I want to do is like have this uh, like when let's say you're coming down right 
um, I don't want to wait to roll the pure grades with you. I, I want pure grades to be ready in the aging room and we can pull them as we need. You know what I mean? Like it's not like you're sitting there waiting for stuff to get done. Um, also, uh, you know, when you work on a blend, uh, like I want to have a conference room where there's a, there's a table for a roller and a buncher. And, you know, obviously if you have 300,000 cigars to deliver in three months, it's hard to take some one roller and one buncher off because that's a thousand cigars that day that's gone, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm trying to figure out how I could make it work. Um, and I'm pretty sure I can make it work. I'm not going to do something huge. I'm looking at like a 5,000 square foot facility. Um, but that's kind of what I want to do is where people like you could come down and uh, blend and like not know anything but leave actually knowing more he's just uh, trying to get me down there he's gonna call, <laughs> he's gonna call <laughs> a general on me yeah, yeah. yeah he's setting me up for failure you, you right now yeah, yeah i'll never leave how many how, how many, many places he said you want to stay loyal to the guys that roll stuff now so it's la aurora la and, fabrique and el artista yeah la fabrica is our brand it's not a factory so la fabrica is our inexpensive line that we do okay. uh and it, Overalls out of, out of uh, depends. I, uh, we La Fabrica, we've used uh, La Aurora, El Artista, and I've used a very small factory. Okay. Uh, one that it's not even in a free zone. Um, uh, I like working with, but there's too many issues of importing gotcha. stuff from guys that are not. It's like tax issues, you know what I mean, with the government and stuff in the El, Dominican. El Artista seemed like a, uh, an easy choice. Because yeah. their, their stuff's really, really good. Not a lot of people smoke it, and their stuff's really good, I think. Well, see, the, 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 the lucky thing I have is it's not me that, like, Sinistro, the White Gold Edition is Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. I, I know there's a, a lot of boutique companies right now that can't even get their hands on uh, Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro or Pennsylvania Broadleaf or, uh, you know, African Cameroon or whatever uh, the situation is. But because I deal with uh, La Aurora, and they, they're, pro, they're the fourth richest family in the Dominican Republic. So, How long have you been doing business with them? The, pretty much 20 years I've been oh, okay. in the industry. Yeah. I got the shop and stuff, too. When I was a retailer, I carried their product. <clears throat> um, I was their biggest retailer in the West Coast. So um, when I was working with, like, there's no one. They sit on more tobacco than anybody else. So I could go in and make, like, most of the blends from Laura are at least six years age tobacco. Um the, and, and then also now working with El Artista, um, they're, I think, second to only Placencia for tobacco. Uh, they have more tobacco than anybody else in the Dominican Republic. And in the whole world, like I said, they're only second to Placencia. So I'm able to get my hands <clears throat> on these things. And obviously, A, I want to keep the blends that, are, that I'm doing at these factories, A, to keep the relationship going. But also, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a cigar geek. And, and no matter what you do, Everybody ferments a different way. So I could take the exact same formula Padron has for the 1926, but if I make it at any other factory other than Padron, because no one's, like, everyone ferments a total different way. Yeah, everyone uses Pallone, but everyone has a different system. Like, oh, this is when we pull. Is that this percentage? This is when we pull. When it's that. We pull when it's more wet. We pull when it's more dry. We age in scotch barrels. We age in a wine barrel. So when you're talking about the fermentation process, you're never going to get the same cigar if you go move to another factory. And, you know, we've seen it happen in the industry when people change factories and they're like, oh, the cigar's not the same. But the cigar might be just as good, but it's not going to taste the same when you move. So, A, I want to stay where I'm at because of the relationships 
and B. <laughs> God, speak on it. Damn it! Let me let me tell you. Look, 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 look. Here, here's the joke, James. Let me tell you the joke. Thank you, James. Full circle of life. This is this is Lion King. <laughs> circle. Of I life. I. Who, who I Here's the story, James. All of our listeners are our three listeners are probably tired of hearing it. I love LaGloria. I love basically it's a sentimental thing. It was my really first cigar when I got into cigars. Yeah, Yeah, it was it was it's my first love. And how long ago was that? Shit, Corb's really the you know, Corb that's why I call him my cigar sensei. Corb's really the one that put me there was times. When I was out in random cigar shops, like I said, I used to be the pick something up as I'm going out. You know, like everybody else does. I'm going out to drink, party, I'm going to grab a cigar, I call Corb, I'm in a humidor, what should I get? He'd be like, what do they have? Tell him some names. He's like, I'll get this. He really inter- he introduced me to your brand. I met obviously yeah. met you through him. Well, no, the only reason I'm asking this is because back in the day, there wasn't really much selection. Like, right. Maduro's, there was yeah. like La Gloria. El Rey Del Mundo, which wasn't a Maduro. Most people yeah. don't realize that it was a natural rapper, but it's very dark. Uh, uh, um, Drone and Ashton VSG, yeah. and then there was like the hidden, like there was this brand, and I I really liked them. It was called Mayorga, and they had a Maduro, and they had a phenomenal Maduro. So, you know, saying that, like, it's not that bad of a deal because at the end of the day, back in like the the cigar selection was not that great back yeah. in the day. You know what I mean? It wasn't where it is now. It's definitely nowhere near what it is now. But here's this. Go ahead. Gus, to, his, his, his Desert Five is gonna be good too. I used to tell. Oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna. I used to tell him back in the nineties. I enjoyed smoking La Gloria. The Sears R was a great stick. And then came the company purchased them, and a couple years went by, and it wasn't the same. Yeah, cigar. You know, so you could say like it was not the same cigar. And he goes, "Well, I never tasted it when it was like." I know it's good now. I like. Yeah, it. but but see, the thing is, that's the thing is, it's it's a total different. It's yeah. still a good cigar, but since you were an original yeah. smoker, yeah. it maybe you didn't like it because it, it, if you had smoked it with a different band on it, maybe you would like that cigar. Well, you get what we, I'm we, saying? Yeah. But we've no, tried, we, we tried yeah, it. Yeah, we tried it. I tried to give it to him. He he knows. Oh, okay. Okay. he doesn't okay. like yeah, it. But but that that was it, you know. And I was so, I was telling him if you would have smoked it back in the mid '90s, early '90s, you you wouldn't say it's the same stick. It's not the same stick anymore. Because like you said, when you change from one factory to oh, the yeah. other, the fermentation process and everything they do could be off by a little bit, but that little bit changes, changes everything. the whole smoke. Yeah, and another thing, even the, the aging process. Like if you don't know the exact time frame that they're doing in the aging room, you're not going to get the, the same consistent cigar. Obviously, it's not going to be as drastic as fermentation, but it's still going to have some sort of uh, differential in the, in, the, in the profile, You know, this, especially to an avid smoker. Right. Now, you're responsible for all your blends, right? Yeah, I do all the blends. Let me ask you a question. On this white gold, yeah. how long have you aged the tobacco? Like the wrapper or... Oh, okay. So <clears throat> the Connecticut Broadleaf is not super old, yeah. obviously, because no one has a yeah. ton of it sitting on... No one's sitting on a ton the, of Connecticut the, Broadleaf. The, the filler, the binder, uh, the, that guy's got a yeah. double binder. Uh-huh. Uh, everything on that filler binder is aged uh, at least six years plus. Uh, the aging on the in the aging room because that has thirty percent Anduillo, we uh-huh. leave it in a little bit longer to mellow out because Anduillo is more uh, more wet, oilier kind of tobacco. Well, the oil is coming through. Yeah, the oil is coming through. So I, I enjoy when the oils come. Yeah, through. yeah, me too. But if if it was if it was done like 
the same if I aged it in the aging room the same way I would do like a Habano wrapper, you it would be uncomfortable to smoke. It's it's like I got I try to get it at because I'm the same way. I like the oil coming through. I like to taste it. I like I like heavier, stronger stuff. I, it's literally only 15 more days. It's not like a whole year. Uh, I think it's like 15 to 20 more days on average on what I do for like a Habano, let's say, or something like that. Uh, it's not drastic aging, but yeah, it, it's where to, so it'll, you'll get good combustion. The reason why I leave it in there for a little bit longer is so it's not too wet and it actually combusts better, you know? Burns better. Burns yeah. better, yeah. Combusts, that's what we're saying. You know, so so you're, you're down in the DR. How many clunkers did you make before you finally got something oh. that was like, <clears throat> well, still making clunkers. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, keep it real. He yeah. still slips a clunker in. No lies. Like, Look, if any master blender is telling you that they're hitting 100 every time they blend, right. they're lying. Right. There's no way. And, you it's know, impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. I smoke everybody's blends, that everyone that blends. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, you never, you know, you're lucky if, you're very, very lucky if your first one's right where you want it to be. You know what right. I mean? So, <clears throat> it's, it, dude, I've, I've put out way more clunkers than I've made winners. I've put, they're not put out, but right, right. I've made way more clunkers than I've had put out uh, winners. You know what I mean? So, I think, I don't know, probably, so let's put it this way, because I can't remember 10 years ago. So, <clears throat> last trip I was there, let's say I was working on like, six or seven because i'm doing blends for other companies now and i'm doing a lot of private blends for uh shops also can you tell us who you're doing blends for nice yeah, okay i get it i get it i get I'll it i'll let you guys know first okay you can tell us when we stop recording yeah. well, well one of them i could tell you i'm doing it with stogie road I, I, they're, they're the blends in already uh, it's already done uh it's gonna come out it's uh um the guy's name is care Vigilante. he's a smaller boutique uh but we did something where uh they he approached like six different factories and they told him uh, they wouldn't put Candela as filler. So he, he had a friend reach out to me and he's like, James, would you be willing to do this blend for me? And I was like, yeah, why not? You know, like I, I can't promise you it's going to be good or not, but you know, I'll work on it when I get there. Uh, so it, we, it came out good. We got it approved. But let's say that last trip, I had 10 projects I was working on. I probably went through 150 to 250 horrible cigars. Okay. Yeah. A little bit of that. I mean, not horrible. Well, right. Yeah, it yeah, wasn't, yeah, yeah. wasn't yeah. what you wanted to put your yeah, name yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. I was not something I would label. My, like, if it was something I, it was given to me, I wouldn't, of course, I'd smoke it. You know what I mean? But right. a lot of the stuff I look at is I, I look on the consumer end. Would I spend this much money on a cigar? And I think I did that as a retailer, too. Because, like, I would always tell, like, uh, so when the Mia More Reserve came out, and I'm a huge Anniversario fan, like that's the cigar that got me into the cigar industry. But when the La Roma de Cuba uh, Mia More Reserve came out, it was like literally half the like I remember those were like six ninety nine when they first came out, like in California, very expensive. Right. And to me, it's not the same as an Anniversario, but it has a lot of subtlety. And and so what I would do is like the guys who would come and buy like one Anniversario on the weekends, I'd be like, hey bro, why don't you smoke this during the week instead of going to this cigar? You know, it's very close. Right. And then. And I would do it based on the consumer. And now maybe it's not smart as a businessman, but like if I had, I knew some guy was spending like uh, twelve or fifteen dollars on this cigar, I'd be like, hey, you try this at six ninety nine. It's much better. And you know, I guess on a business end, it's not the smartest thing well, to do. But I told you this when we were in Vegas. You left money on the table with Del Burrow. Yeah, everyone told me that. Yeah, yeah. That that has become you know when you become a like you said when you become a regular everyday smoker, you can't drop, especially in California, you can't mm -hmm. drop. 15, 20 bucks if you're smoking three sticks a day. 
Yeah. Very few people can do that. That El Burro. Yeah. That that (laughs) El Burro down at Crown City Cigars is what? Under 10 bucks. You could do that. You could do two of those, three of those a day and not feel bad about yourself. That has become you along with uh, the Umagog is my regular everyday, you know, just to stick. Yeah. But it's not a, it's a great stick. Like I said, you left money on the table. If you would have paid 14, 15 bucks for that stick, you wouldn't be mad at that either. So, but you wouldn't pick up three of them a day though. Well, I mean, like I said, don't, <laughs> don't raise your prices. Don't raise your prices. <laughs> but uh, that's prices that's, just increased. Yeah, yeah right, right. If you guys had more than three people on the show, at least like the word would have gone out. Right, we, you'd be selling more if we had more than. Now, how many cigars do you put out of each brand that you have a year? Uh, it, it all changes uh, depending on uh, demand, obviously. Uh, Let's say Mr. Red and Mr. White. I think we're probably doing, on both of those, we're probably doing 100 to 150,000 cigars a year on okay. just the red and the white alone, separately, each, Correct. each, yeah. That's not bad. No, no, it's not. And I, I, I love the position I'm in. Um, I, you know, five years ago or six years ago, if you told me we'd be doing these numbers, I probably wouldn't believe you. Uh, the and at first, it's very hard to get it. You know, even being in the industry as a retailer, it was still hard to get into the industry. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of... Uh, most people were like, who the fuck are you? And why the fuck is anyone going to buy your cigar? Literally. Like, yeah. like it, that, that was it. So, it's... Yeah, every, it's time a boutique, yeah. Yeah. every time a boutique you, guy comes in, that's, the, that's what you say. Do like, you who see, are you? What are these? Do you feel like the... Do you feel like the bigger labels look down on you because you're a boutique cigar or... Do they treat you the same? Uh, um, so they better feel that heat. All right, wait a minute. Here's the question: It's coming. Any yeah. any of the big names you ever met kind of give you the and you're like he's a jerk. Uh, I know you're not going to say anything. No, names, no, but. I would. I don't care about that. If someone's a jerk, I call him out on it. But uh, so the so when I started in this industry with my first shop, I was like 18 or 19, like I was telling you. So a lot of these guys, you know, only a couple of reps came in and was like, I'm going to take advantage of this kid. You know what I mean? Right. I, I was very actually lucky uh, of, of most of the reps that, that I did deal with. And the ones that did, like, I felt they were taking advantage of me. I told them to fuck off and never come back into the shop again. Because it's a very hard position you're in at 19 dealing with in an industry with everybody's like, you know, back then every rep walked in with a suit. Like, it wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, suit, tie, like the whole nine. You and know double I mean? your age. Yeah, and, and double my age and, you know, Rolex watch on. And at first it's like a little intimidating. Uh, but, you know, I, I was lucky enough. So now, fast forward, I'm like, everyone's like nephew James that started his brand. So uh, everybody's been more help, like like with Miami Cigars. Uh, you know, I became friends with Jason, then uh, Nestor, and I um, uh, think Roma. I'm really good friends with Mike uh, Rosales uh, because I've known him from the industry. But these guys were always like my first PCA <clears throat> Roma Craft was sending people to my booth and saying like, "Hey, we should check them out. They're going to be the next Roma." And I was like, "Like seriously?" You know, what I mean? like, uh, you know and, and 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 it was amazing that we got that kind of you know love from these guys. But I, I just I still haven't. And there are pricks in our industry. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of pricks in our industry. They're just not pricks to me. I could tell you tw- ten. I, I'm not going to name them up. But right. there there's like a hundred guys in our industry that are pricks. They're not nice. 
Um, but they're just, they're nice to me. I, I'm lucky on that aspect. I had one rep at the beginning. I had two reps at the beginning um, going around store to store saying, don't buy my cigars because I was eating up a lot of that shelf space. Oh, okay. Um, one guy's not in the rep anymore. And the other guy, uh, he's actually starting his own brand soon. Okay. When you're looking at, so you have your line and you have X number of cigars. When you're thinking about new stuff to put out, are you looking, is it your taste or is it like there's this spot in the market where I could squeeze in it? Sometimes it's my taste. Sometimes it's what's hot. Like I, I was working on an African Cameroon uh, that I'll grab you one to smoke and try. Uh, but I was working on an African Cameroon while I was over there. I had so much stuff coming out this year that I was doing boxes for. The next stuff I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to do in bundles. So when we got to the price point of that cigar, it was going to be like a 12 to $15 cigar. And I was like, I, I don't know about putting this thing into a bundle. You know what I mean? Like the Barbarian is a $12 cigar or 15 uh, on the Toro, depending on state and taxes. But it's going to be in a box next year. This, this wasn't planned on being a box. But I really wanted to work with an African Cameroon because... Right now, everyone was doing it, so I it was more like a challenge to myself. Right. If I could come up with something that's not like, and you know, like now it's like five years ago, it's not your daddy's Connecticut, now it's not your girl grandfather's uh Cameroon. So I was interested in working with that, and then some other stuff is just like Pennsylvania. As soon as it became available to me, I was like, I want to use that, you know what I mean? So, uh, and then I worked on something obviously that I enjoy smoking too, but it's not like if I if I have something that I really like and like I've given it to 10 people and they're like, hey, dude, this is not the one. You know what I mean? I, right. I don't go like, oh, I know better than all of you guys. You know, I'm the bastard blender here. But I, I just, I'm like, okay, you guys probably taste something that I don't. Oh, you know what I mean? It's just, I'm more, because I want stuff to be, I want stuff to sell, obviously. We're in the business to make money and, you know, being boutique, one line helps the other line grow. So okay. if something's not selling, then we're going to have, you know, then you might have a stoppage in, bringing stuff out the next year because you're sitting on X amount of boxes or bands because the overhead, the initial cost is not that, you know, low. The initial cost to bring something out, you have to make boxes, bands, and, you know, you have to sit on that stuff for a few months. Stuff doesn't always get delivered on time. It's a handmade product, so you're going to, like, this product that's supposed to come September 1st, uh, now I'm finding out it's going to come mid-September, more than likely. So, you know, it just happened. This is this time it was the box factory that messed up. Uh, the paint came out. They didn't like the, well, we didn't like the way the paint looked, so I had to run it through the paint again. And then everything's a process. Like, the, after it's done, it has to be packaged. Then it has to go to freezing and fumigation. That's another 10 days. Then once it leaves that, it's got to go through customs. Well, then it's got to go through freight forwarding. Then it's got to, you got to figure out if it's going to go by air or by ship. And then it gets to Miami. Then it's got to clear customs. So, and then it's got to get shipped to Cali. So you're talking like another, when the cigars are even leaving Dominican, think three weeks before I even touch them. Okay. On a good day. Yeah. And then there's a lot of problems with shipping now, you know, like a lot of stuff's coming late and, and, and you know, everything's still the blame. Everyone's blaming COVID for stuff. And I, I don't even know. A year and a half later. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So our production issues resolving themselves getting better? Or yeah. You? Everything's, for us, everything's getting better. The only thing I can see in the future happening right now is... The, the wood prices is going to affect boxes. I don't know what's going to happen. Wood prices are going up. Dude. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, my wood boxes went up like 60% in price uh, within the last few months. So there's going to be an issue with that <clears throat> that's going to happen. But, I mean, at the end of the day, 
uh, it's that's an easier problem to fix, uh, meaning bundles, you know what I mean? So, or go to the cardboard boxes, you know, the, the ones that yep. open up. <clears throat> or, uh, but the, the biggest issue I see coming probably next year is, um, so this is one of the reasons why I spent so much time, in the, I was in the Dominion for like eight months this last trip, and there's going to be a shortage of tobacco. And it's not going to be obviously like Nicaraguan Seco, you're going to have a ton of Nicaraguan Seco. But like... <clears throat> The stuff that, like Palato Cubano Lajero, for sure there's going to be a shortage. And a lot of people are using Palato Cubano Lajero. It's a very good tobacco right now. So I was there trying to procure as much Palato Cubano, like, because I used a lot of it. Uh, I was trying to procure as much of it as I can. So I'm, I know for a fact 2022 will be good. And, and we're not, like, if, if the factory comes up to me and says, James, we're out of Palato right now, I'm not, like, a lot of companies will... Just be like, oh, okay, let's, um, you let's just change it up something yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, just change it up for something else. I, I just can't bring myself to do that. I'd rather just uh, cancel out the blend for the time being and then bring it back. If, if you know, yeah, you might, it, the blend might die out, but it's up to you as a, as, a, as a manufacturer at that point to figure out if it's worth bringing it back or not. You know, if it's dead and you feel like it's not going to come back because it's been two years on the market, you know, go with something new. Don't don't bring it don't bring it back out again. Do a limited edition two years three years later with that brand. You know what I mean? Don't. But it, 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 I think it's better for you to gauge as as a manufacturer how to deal with that blend if you run out of the bag well, instead of just changing it and just putting it out there because someone will notice and then once it becomes live, right. it's really hard to walk back from that. Now you brought up limited editions and special blends. I bought a different bunch of different forums and. They were talking about whether it's a good thing for the industry, everyone doing limited editions and special releases. Do you have any, or how do you feel about... We do limited editions. Uh, we do them often. Not often, but we do them, you know. Uh, I just... I, I don't understand how it's going to hurt the industry. I mean, though, I, I... I do see a lot more people doing it. A lot of the people that I work with never did it and all of a sudden now they're doing it uh, and I don't know if it's because they see how well the brand's doing right. if you're going to use us as an example it helped us uh, in the long run you know uh, we did the scholar size of I don't know like four or five years ago and that helped you know take us of Vitola that's uh, Perfecto and we have an extra full wrapper going around in okay. cigar, and that helped the company out more than hurt the company so for me it makes more sense to do it and that's kind of why we pre look at the end of the day i'm a cigar geek you know i don't want to i do want to make money with what i'm doing but as a cigar geek i love getting the limited edition stuff and a lot of the time i don't smoke them you know what i mean i sit yeah. on them and uh you know like um that's kind of why i do it like especially with the pre-releases yeah it's to test the market the year before but also you know all the cigar geeks out there will want the numbered box or the pre-release or because I did you know what I mean I always wanted the pre-releases or the numbered boxes or you know whatever the first edition was or you know so uh, I just don't see how it hurts the industry when I feel like you know as a consumer because I do still spend money on cigars right. when I go to shops and stuff I still buy cigars or I go oh, I've seen that I, I want to try it you know so as a consumer of cigars I don't see why it would hurt the industry if, if, if that's what your consumer base likes. And me being a cigar geek, I like that. So, you know, when Foundation did the, and I'm, I'm not shy about talking about, like, I love Foundation stuff too, but when they did the Goliath and that, uh, David, David, David and Goliath, yeah. yeah, 
I, I was like, I was like, oh, I gotta try this. You know what I mean? Like, can we so, talk about what you thought about it? Uh, I have them. I haven't smoked them. Okay. Yeah. I was on a. I was on a. And and I love uh, Nick's stuff, so I don't know how if I'm gonna be. But you know, I think the. Um, Jesus. Havana seed. Yeah, the Havana seed is yeah. phenomenal, and the the original, uh, the the the, the broadleaf wrapper. The, the, the yeah, well, I forgot the name of it, but I think that's phenomenal. I think the Wise Man was a great stick. The Wise Man Maduro was Maduro's phenomenal. Yeah. Cigar. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the Wise Man, dude, to me, uh, and, you know, I didn't have my brand back then. I had my shop when it came out. It was a total different flavor profile. I'm like, oh, wow, I've never, you know, I've never tasted this before. And a lot of my customers that smoked that cigar as a retailer, uh, that the first time they didn't like it, and I gave them the second one for free, I'm like, dude, just, they just amuse me, you know, try it again. I just want to see how it's And they they became, not hooked, but it became a game in their rotation of cigars to smoke, you know. So um, I think, you know, that cigar was a different taste for people. So at first it was like a throw-off, you know what I mean? Like, right. oh, like I've never tasted it. You know, usually when you don't know something, you kind of don't like it, right? So I think that's what happened with that blend. But I think, like, the, off bat, when I first tried that cigar, I was like, wow, this is Great cigar. Uh, it's got a different profile than anything I've smoked in a long time. I tried that foundation, uh, the Tabernacle one. Yeah, the Tabernacle yeah, was phenomenal. Yeah. And my favorite size in that one is the Lancero. It is my favorite I, size too. Yeah. I, I love the Lancero. I didn't really care for their Toro. The David and Goliaths I could have taken oh, or left. Him. He, yeah, oh, Gus loved them, but I really loved the Lancero. I thought it was. And, Phenomenal. And like that cigar, it's something that I've taken to the Dominican and handed out to uh, uh, blenders and uh, people I work with. Uh, to because in the Dominican, it's it's very it, they they still are on that old school mentality. Like the best cigar you're ever gonna have is medium body, full flavor. But yeah, sure, if that's what you feel, that's great. But Nicaragua's outsold you for the last three years. There's got to be a reason, you know, behind it. So. <clears throat> Yeah, maybe that's what you like, but you should right. be working towards the market if you're, like, trying to run a business, you right. know what I mean? Uh, so, I, that Lancero, the Havana Seed, and the original Tabernacle, I've taken and I've given to Master Blender that I was working with because it's something I like. Try this. I really like this cigar. Because there's only so much of my stuff I could give them to smoke where I wanted to see, like, look, this thing's good. I like this, too. Like, it sells very well in my... Same thing with Roma. I've taken... Uh, Neanderthal. Um, the, the Neanderthal and the Cromag to blenders in the Dominican. I'm like, here, smoke this. This is what's good. This is what's selling in our industry. This is what's selling over there. And because they don't have, like, they, there's nowhere to really go buy Nicaraguan cigars in the Dominican. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure vice versa. Who are you, who, since we brought it up, oh, one more blending question. Mm -hmm. What size do you blend to? When you're sitting down at the table and you're trying to get the blend right, what size are you? 5 by 52 or 6 by 52 Okay. And I usually I love Lanceros more, but to be fair for the blend, and A, Toro and Robusto sell the best, but to be fair to the blend, you want to, like, I would love everyone to be a Corona or a Lancero, but when you do a Corona or a Lancero, there's more predominant flavor of the binders and the wrapper. Okay, right. So, you're, you're not being fair as a blender if that's, if you're comparing, if you're just smoking that cigar and a Lancero, it's like, oh, this is good, we got to put this out, you right. know what I mean? Because yeah. Uh, you know, the, the flavor profile will change in a Robusto or in a Toro or at the sure. bigger ring gauge as you sure. go. Uh, you, obviously, it's not a drastic changes, but it's going to change. Uh, like on our Sinistro Lancero set, 
You have a set that's four. Wait, but you have a Lance Hero set? It, it only comes a limited edition, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I know somebody. Yeah. I'm sitting at the table. James, I've been sold on the out. shelf. I've got like six on the shelf. On not, I, why didn't you ever tell me? You've never told me They're that. On the shelf for sale. I have tried using each lens. I haven't tried. The white's a banger. Yeah, and but but the thing is, with that white, if you compare it to the robusto white, right. it's different. it's a totally Nine different. different. Yeah, Nine and and the more predominant flavors you get on the lancero is is the is the binder. It's it, you can literally taste a lot more of the binder. So I love a lancero. I feel like I look pretty and I'm elegant. And... I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. I love a good lancero, uh, dude. I love lanceros. I don't. I really don't care. So one thing I've learned from being a retailer in cigars, and I was talking about this in another show we were doing, is so I had this one guy that would come into my shop, and he would buy the La Gloria Cubana number no. seven, smart guy, cut it in half, <laughs> and and smoke each half. Yeah. And I sat him down. And I was like, "Hey, bro, giving you a heads up, you know, cigar, a cigar is like a book that's telling you a story. Right. You know, it's got beginning, middle, and end. When you cut it in half." That story is no longer what it is. You know, the, the buildup of some of the tar and stuff, that's what's giving some more flavor profile. When it's not building that way, it's not going to taste that way. And he looked over at me, he's like, yeah, but... And he, he was not shy about money. It wasn't a money issue. He's like, yeah, but I like it this way. And at the end of the day, like, that's who am likes. I to tell that's you? Right. Yeah, exactly. Like, you've spent your money on this. Like, okay. I can't sit there and tell you, like... Like, oh no, this is wrong. Like, it's you like it, it can't be wrong. It's it, you know what I mean? Like, you're not hurting anybody, you're enjoying what you're doing. So, how can it be wrong, right? I had a guy that came in here and bought a handful of some thousands, and he cut them into thirds. And I'm looking at him, I'm saying, like, Why are you doing that? He goes, This is the way I like to smoke my cigars. Yeah, and your own, I guess. Got a, a buddy of mine's got a shop in uh, Wyoming, he's got a guy that he's a long haul trucker. Uh huh. And he buys box. He'll buy a box of seven thousands, and he chews them. Yeah, he, chew, I, he chews I, the whole cigar. A, he doesn't light them. He chews yeah. the whole cigar while he's driving. Yeah. I had a customer like that too. He would just come in and chew. Cigar. I even had a customer that would come in. So he would be like, "What are your slowest days?" And I was like, "Well, you know, Wednesday sometimes it's slow, especially if it's cold. You know, it, people don't come out in LA a lot." So he's like, "Okay," and he's like, "So everyone that comes in has to smoke a cigar," and I was like. Yeah, bro, everyone's got it. He's like, okay, but, like, I don't like smoking. And I'm like, so why are you here, dude? He's like, well, I like to watch a girl smoke, and I want to bring my date here and watch her smoke a cigar. And I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure. <coughs> bring, buy two cigars, uh, you know, because you're going to be using up one of my couches. Right. Do your thing, you know what I mean? And, you know, like, and, and he would come watch. in with some of the prettiest girls, dude. He's come in a few times and done that. But, you know, again, it's to each their own. As long as they're not hurting anybody and they're enjoying what they do, who am I to say anything? Stick it up your ass. We don't care as long as you buy it. Now the show's not going to be on <laughs> What do you think about the trend of bigger ring gauge cigars? Like a Silence so, doing that so, 7x70, the 8x80, and the 9x90. I, I think it's a dying fad. I don't think it's... it's uh, So 6x60 was a huge selling size right. back in the day. It's not as big... It, it like my seven by fifty eight, which I never did a six by sixty because I never wanted a sixty gauge. <clears throat> so I have a seven by fifty eight. It does very well at some shops, but a lot of shops don't even want to bring it in. Um, Lancero is making a comeback. That I, I I just think that the big ring gauge is that dying fat. The only person I've talked to, there was this dude that was like five hundred pounds, six four, uh, big huge white guy, right? And he looked at me. He's like. 
bro, Lancero will look like a pencil in my hand. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, even a Robusto or a Toro, he's like, if I don't smoke a 6x60, it doesn't feel right. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Uh, so I, I just don't, I, I don't, 6x60 is not going to be around for very long. I'm sure those shops that do well with it still will, will keep carrying it <clears throat> because I think more cigar smoke, our industry is going more into craft style, like craft beer and stuff. And more guys are becoming educated on it. And more guys are learning that you don't have to be as... At first, I think the 6x60 was a visual money-saving grab. Like, because it's only a dollar more than the Churchill. So, like, let's say, or, or the Toro, right? So, if you're going to smoke the Toro, it's a dollar more, right? So, if you're going to go eat somewhere, they're going to give you a extra four ounces right. of steak for a dollar... You know what I mean? And, like, and, yeah, yeah. And, and I was that way when I started. I, you know, I was looking at it from a cost perspective. But, I would always do the six by sixty. But if, but if that four ounce of steak they every time they gave you was fat, not to say the bag right. is bad, but like you would stop buying it. So I think more of our guys are out there getting educated. There's a huge influx of maybe early thirties to like late fifties that are starting to smoke, whether it's because of COVID or because. You know, craft beer took off, and now craft cigars are taking off. Uh, but those guys are more into going out and getting educated, as opposed to. Uh, and also, I feel like the cigar shop atmospheres have changed. Whereas before, twenty years ago, if you asked a stupid question in a cigar lounge, you would get laughed at, and kind of to a point where I could see you not coming back to that shop, being like, "Fuck these people," you know what right. I mean? Like, <clears throat> and it, it, and it could be like the most simplest question, like. Um, like, the guy who would cut a cigar in half, right? He would probably have gotten laughed out of the shop 20 years ago. Now, I think it's becoming more okay to go into your shop and ask those questions. And it's not like you're getting laughed at. And it's not a, like the snotty-nosed guy is smoking. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's the more, like, it's your average Joe that's smoking. So, you know, this guy, like, why should he know about how to cut a cigar? He's been, he's been working 10 hours a day and then going to his family. This is his one hour... To go relax and be with his friends. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think that's what's changing in our industry. And I think the big ring gauges aren't going to be as predominant as they, as once they were. That's my two cents. What's your, your 7 by 58 to page 2? <clears throat> no, I have a 7 by 58 and the red, white, and black. Oh, uh, the presidential. Yeah, that's right. Who are you smoking that you like? Who Who's doing stuff that you're like, that's really good? I've always liked Roma stuff. Uh, I've always liked uh, <clears throat> uh, um, Nick Melillo stuff, the foundation. I don't know why I remember his name better than I remember his brand. I don't know. Why. <laughs> uh, um, Roma, Nick. Um, I've always been a My Father fan. Uh, it's the Silk Foot. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I wasn't very. Ha I wasn't that impressed with the prominent uh, from Mason. There's, I don't want to say anything because I don't remember which ones it was, but the the last two they brought like the Fonseca was phenomenal. <clears throat> I think it came out and it was really really good. Uh, the reason why I liked it is it had its traditional roots but with a twist to it. Do you know what I mean? And again, goes back to fermentation. It's not being made at the same factory anymore. They were smart. They didn't redo. They didn't take the same blend and make the same blend. They made something that works in this market now, and something that. My father is good at doing, and they didn't go like super mild. You know what I mean? They didn't right. do something like that's out of their comfort zone. Um, 
But there was one that they brought out. I, I, I really there's, the, there's the Opulentia, the Formation. The Opulentia, I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, yeah, the Opulentia. And maybe I smoked it when it first came out, and, and it was too bitter for me, and maybe it was a little too young, and it, that one got rushed out, or I don't know. But um, <laughs> that's the only one, and I haven't gone back to it. And, right. and, and I haven't gone back to it, not because I didn't like it, because I always think you should smoke a cigar twice if you don't like it. You should, because your palate could be off because you're having a bad day even. You know what I mean? Like, the littlest thing could throw off your palate. Uh, so you should always smoke it twice. I haven't gone back to it just because I, I haven't had the time. And when I do have the time, um, now, like, I want something that I like to smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I know is a, is, a, is a winner because I'm either blending stuff going through my clunkers. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so like, if it, it's an enjoyment time and like I'm at a shop and they don't have my cigars you know I'm, I'm, I'm usually gravitating towards like I wouldn't go to the Opulencia again I'd probably do uh, the La Promesia which I actually like or like I'll pick up Aroma, Cro-Mag, Neanderthal uh, Foundation stuff I really like uh, like we talked about um, Have you tried the Southern Draw? Yeah I, I tried a couple of their stuff it wasn't Again, I don't like. I like the guys. I think they're great guys. It was just not in my ballpark. Right. Uh, they had a medio tempo. I felt like it should have been stronger uh, for medio tempo. Like I would get the feeling of medio tempo, but you know, like medio tempo should hit you in the back of your throat. I just felt like there wasn't enough in there. Um, but it was a good cigar. The 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 one that they had, the kudzu was good. Uh, the Jacob's ladder actually was yeah, a very good cigar. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Was great. I had the Lancero and the, they have a perfecto side too, right? So, yeah, the Jacob's Ladder I thought was phenomenal, but the, some of the other stuff in there, like, I wasn't a fan of the Rosa Sharon either. I thought it got too hot for, or maybe I was smoking it right. too quick. Again, like, that's the yeah. thing I should go back to. And then and, and the Medio Tempo, like, I only smoked one of it. So, again, yeah. it could have been my palate that was off. It's a cigar I should go back to. So, I like, I shouldn't be saying it because I don't know if it was me or if it was the cigar, right? I get it. Like Coleman loves the rosa chair. Like he, like he talks. Like I thought. I think it's a good stick. And like I said, they a lot of their stuff I did was the the medium or fuller body. I thought it was talented that they even had a decent Connecticut in their line. I thought. Yeah, like, I like J Rock stuff too. Yeah. Agonosa. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I really do like some of the Agonosa stuff that's coming out too. Yeah. Uh, um. <clears throat> They, they have, but again, you're talking about uh, a lineage brand. You know what I mean? They're they're probably second to uh, Placencia and Tobacco. Don Pepin rolled in uh, at Agonorsa before he was Don Pepin. He was okay. rolling at Agonorsa. When Agonorsa was called uh, Tropical. Tropical. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, but again, like, that's a legacy, uh, a factor. You know what I mean? That I, you, you if you're talking boutique, you know, uh, that's kind of where I would go to the foundation stuff. And that's kind of where I draw, like, I, I tend to navigate towards more now, uh, is more boutiques as opposed to big brands. Like, I don't know when the last time, like, my, like I'll gravitate towards my father when they have something new out. Or okay. I'll gravitate towards Agonorsa when they have something new out, as opposed to if I was at a shop that didn't have my stuff, I would probably pick up, like, I, I've smoked the Coral Magnum five times, or... More than five, you know what I mean? I've right. countless times I'll probably pick that up, or I would pick up a wise man Maduro. Uh, so I have like a boutique kind of thing going on right now. Okay. What do you think of Crown Heads? I'm not a fan, so I, I think the the 
the la creme was a great steak. Yeah. Uh, uh, but the, the rest of their... I, I used to sell it at my shop. Right, right. Um, but I'm not a huge fan of the rest of their line. You're wrong. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. I know. And the thing is, I you know, I'm a big fan of the four kicks. Um, all the stuff we got from uh, PCA from uh, Ace Prime is phenomenal. I thought I I thought they had good stuff, but you know more than I do. So, but no, I, no, I'm happy. At the end of the day, it's personal preference, yeah. right? So it's not one person is right and one person is wrong. It's just that hey, your profile, flavor profiles. Then AJ's always on. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, AJ's always on. Hey, that we were just talking about. The, 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 the Punch Diablo was the fucking greatest cigar General's ever put out. And it's like a $6 cigar, right? Yeah. It, I think it's a phenomenal cigar for the price. But again, that, that that goes back to me being a consumer, though. If it was a $15, $20 cigar, well, like I, I wouldn't like, say it was a phenomenal cigar. For a $6 cigar, it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah, they're new, that new brass knuckles, they moved that Obama. Like six bucks for a Robusta? No. What's, so, what's your favorite cigar? Yeah. Your Gun to your head, your goat, your masterpiece, your 16 chapel. <laughs> this was this was it. It's not out yet. Oh, okay. He hasn't be, done it yet. It'll, huh? it'll be out at the end of this year. And there's only 10 retailers getting it. You heard it here first. Oh. Yeah. It's one of them crap. Hey. 11. 11. one of them not you know, you got to take me out to dinner to get that. You got steak place crush. <laughs> but it's not it's a so Wait a minute, it's not Crown City cigars? You're not in the tin? Sorry. Corbin Crown City is the only place I know in the area so that carries I I did really well in San Diego. The only issue was for the so there was COVID, and then I had eight months of uh, downtime in the Dominican. Not downtime, but I right. was there for eight months. So a lot of my retailers, uh, not only in San Diego, but uh, uh, not a lot, but I would say about, I lost a good, a, a decent amount of them. And it's not guys where I'm scared I'm never going to get back in their shops. It's just guys I'm, they, I just need to go back into the touch store. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, it, I totally understand. I was a retailer too, you know, um, and hopefully they'll understand the situation I was going on because some of these guys I was calling and I was like, look, bro, it's, I'm here procuring tobacco. So, like, it, I could come out there and do an event for you, but next year, like, I won't have tobacco, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. like, oh, what's going to happen at that, you know, when we hit that point, you know? Like, you're going to get mad at me in a year or you're going to be mad at me now, you know? So, um, I'm pretty sure I'll be able to get it going again. Like, I'm in Chir- I, I was in Churchill's uh, Royal Cigar Lounge, uh, uh, Santa uh, that's Habanos, right. We got something. <clears throat> Habanos, um, expose. Somebody buried the lead. It should have said strip club and cigar lounge. I'd have been there. House of cigars, uh, in, uh, oh, uh, Rancho Sandy. Uh, uh, three and ones. Okay. In Chula Vista. So I do, I, 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 I do, fairly well there I just I it's my fault that it's kind of missing and we it, it so we got lucky a lot of the we so we lost a lot so we lost some of those customers that I wasn't able to visit constantly like right. I would before <clears throat> but we started getting a lot of new accounts that maybe like we don't have a rep in their territory but they're taking care of themselves they're not waiting for someone they're to come in and, and do it so 
the, the, the accounts I lost are kind of getting replaced by accounts that are taking care of themselves. But I'm not saying like, oh, I'm set now, I'm done. No, I want every account, you know what I mean? Uh, so uh, I now is the plan. Like the, this next two months, I'm going to be doing, you know, a week in San Diego, a week in Arizona, a few days in Vegas, uh, and a few days in Northern California, and then head back to uh, Dominican Republic again. And not be in the Dominican Republic for eight months straight again, but come back in 15 days or 20 days and then go do my rounds again. I do have one question. Uh-oh. Oh, oh shit. This is only... Oh, uh, right, he's been all quiet. Oh, This is the first time I've... In the whole time since you've been back recording with us, you never said anything. You've been so oh, he's, quiet. He's a star. Yeah. 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 So when you're sitting next to this much famousness, oh, you can't really talk. Oh, <laughs> so now that Ethan's here, uh-huh. can I have the dog? No. God damn it. No. That, <laughs> that, was, that was the burning question. That was the burning question. He's got the coolest dog ever.